This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. here today, uh, and I'm always grateful for this, uh, by my uh, co-host and dear friend, Kyle Myers. How are you doing, Kyle? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. How are you doing, Dr. Hank? <laughs> I'm doing really good. It's a uh, full swing in the semester. Uh, lots of stuff coming up, for no I think, for both of us and, yeah. and stuff like that. I've got a, a wedding coming up, actually. I don't think I've met if there are any listeners who don't know that yet, but i got a wedding coming up. So Yeah, like your own wedding. Yeah, like, yes. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, I should <laughs> clarify that. Yeah. yeah. When um, is that? When is that? Uh, October 15th. Um, oh, it's my birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I, wow. I would hate to draw you out on your birthday, but the, the invitation is in the mail. Okay, so. yeah, right on. I may not have anything else to do other That's than watch right. Hitchcock movies. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, hey, yeah. I, I don't want to take you away from Hitchcock or your family on your birthday, so no pressure. Yeah, to right come, on. You know, if you don't want to. But uh, that's fun. October wedding. Yeah, October wedding. Yeah. Um, we're, uh, we're really capitalizing on the whole fall break thing. Yeah. Um, to do the honeymoon and stuff like that. There's yeah. a lot of uh, really uh, spooky things we're going to be doing down in Orlando with the um, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Wow. If, you, if, they, if anyone's ever done that, it's pretty great. Um, I don't know if you like haunted houses or not. Do you do you like that kind of thing? Not historically, but, not you historically. know. <laughs> <laughs> the history does not bear that. Yeah, um, there's no evidence for that. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, a really great way to put it too. It's it's ironic because today one of the movies we'll be talking about is Black Phone, mm-hmm. and one of their haunted houses is Black Phone, mm-hmm. and it's actually a Blumhouse like oh, wow. entirety of it. The other one is actually Halloween, and Halloween Ends comes up here yeah, that's shortly, right. and so there's a there's a lot of cool things down there. They've also got a lot of original houses. Um, they've got one also based on the weekend, which I think is fun. Um, but you know, one of the things I'm really looking forward to the weekend, addition, like the artist. Yeah, the yeah, weekend. Yeah. It's and it's. I've heard that it's just kind of quirky. Mm-hmm. It's less of a scary vibe, more of just like a what is this kind of yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Which I don't mind. Um, last year I did it, and I did all the houses except for the Beetlejuice house, and I regret that mm-hmm. um, because that would have been a really cool production. Uh, it's it's like a notch above your normal, like horror like haunted house because it, they're connected to a movie studio. And so they have access to the props. I mean, yeah, I think one of the worst ones that I went to, and I mean, worst in terms of like, it was really scary, uh, was the us one also from Jordan Peele, which is Man. Uh, another director. He actually, um, they did that scene where, you know, they have the people standing hand in hand, but they were lining the halls. You didn't, you didn't know which ones were mannequins and which ones were scare actors. Weird. It was, yeah. it was incredible. But yeah, that's so that's haunted houses. In case you wanted to know that little feat about me, wow. um, but that's kind of how it is. But anyway, do you have anything exciting coming up? No, man. Uh, yeah, just just my birthday and uh, Hitchcocktober is coming to Gateway, which I'm yeah. excited about. Um, and but yeah, we're just doing. We're in our like you know routine mode for school and everything Mm -hmm. like that so there's not a lot of extra that happens and weekends are are often just for relaxing that's right yeah well for those of you who uh, might recall uh kyle is a professional uh mental health practitioner and he uh um, has a busy schedule about how many people do you see within a given week yeah right now it's uh between 10 and 15 which we see students every other week so that's around 
30, 25, 30 students that I'll see mm-hmm. um, as a load, cl- a case load. Um, but yeah, so that's enough. And, and you know, uh, things ramp up at the beginning. They may um, calm down here. Yeah. But yeah. But back in the swing of it for sure. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to be back with you, uh, listener, uh, wherever you're at in the world. We're actually approaching, um, this is kind of cool. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, our one year anniversary. That's right. Um, to celebrate our one year anniversary, we'll be covering um, Halloween Ends. Because that was, if you remember, the first movie that we've covered here on the Roadshow was Halloween Kills, which was a year ago. And mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to that. We'll have more details come in and seeing if we'll do anything special to that. But if nothing else, we'll be covering that film and spending some time with you. That's right. Um, but anyway, as we're kind of uh, getting started here today, we're going to be talking about two horror films, uh, Nope and Black Phone. But before we uh, do that, um, wanted to ask the infamous segment question that we uh, try and get at the front of our uh, show every time. Kyle, what are you watching? Yeah, so on our previous podcast, when we we were talking about uh, the Asian-American immigration experience, Mm -hmm. Dr. Hank recommended UMA. Is that how you pronounce Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Spelled U-M-M-A, and it's available for streaming. And anyways, I visited that one recently and thought that that had a number of things that were super interesting about it, even though overall it felt a little bit... um, I don't know, some of the character development was a little underdeveloped. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And a few things that I think the the watching experience uh, may be frustrating mm-hmm. for anybody watching it. But uh, they certainly had a very uh, explicit uh, subtext surrounding death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to give too much of that away. But, um, but in uh, contrast to – so I also watched Us recently in preparing mm. for Nope. And just going back to some of his themes, um, but certainly uh, how movies end and how they use these things. So in Us, you know, she goes uh, below, back below ground again. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, that's a the the plot twist in Us convolutes things, and in a good way, I think it makes you work really hard to figure it out afterwards. Right. Uh, but anyways, you know, she's going back underground, and same thing happens in Uma, but what they confront, you know, are different. Um, and but they're both in a way confronting themselves or confronting their fear, or confronting mm-hmm. you know whatever, and then coming back up from that. And I think what us does with that, uh, I have some questions about. Um, but with Uma, it felt very much like a kind of resurrection where she was able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of Richard Rohr's quotes is is uh, which I may have said this on here before, but if you uh, do not. Um, transform your pain you will transmit your pain mm. Um, mm. and so that's very prominent in Uma uh, mm-hmm. from the um, grandmother who's died and all the history with that of pain that was transmitted um, it's now the mother is struggling to uh, let go of her own daughter and allow her mm-hmm. to grow up and not transmit that further mm-hmm. and so this death and resurrection for her is about going underground confronting mm-hmm. uh, those fears confronting that trauma and then resurrecting and being mm-hmm. able to to be transformed enough to allow her daughter to not be suffocated by that mm-hmm. so pretty powerful yeah uh saying out loud now how well it actually comes across in the movie I think it's debatable, but certainly fairly powerful for what it's trying to do. Yeah, and one of the things I really liked about the film that the reason why I recommended it to you, especially after our discussion of everything, everywhere, all at once, um, was the the kind of way in which it deals with tradition. 
right? In a yeah. certain sense, honoring the grandmother who was this very famed like seamstress, I think. That's I'm right. Thinking, yeah. That's right. Um, and then coming over to the United States and not having that anymore, um, you know, and the mother is kind of trying to the the main character um, is trying to figure out how she is going to um, let her you know kid go off to college and she's still very much struggling with that and so the scene at the end where they're both dressed kind of in very like traditional garb honoring their grandmother their ancestor mm -hmm. as i kind of like yeah. well she's also going to go off to college but it's like a half turn back to tradition let's honor yeah. what has come before even as we're moving into something new that's right which i thought was kind of a cool difference between that and Absolutely. The way it's depicted in, um, and I still I still need to watch um, the the films that you mentioned. Uh, it's been a crazy week. I but I, I what was the name of the film? I, we retweeted it a little bit. The marvelous the in the black hole. The marvelous mm -hmm. in the black hole. I need to watch that um, just because this idea like there's more of these films coming out now where um, it's dealing with uh, immigration experiences, mm -hmm. and I think it's it's something noteworthy to watch. I mean the same way that as we're talking about today, like horror genre is dealing a lot with trauma there's a lot of movies right now dealing with immigration experience which is something worth noting for um, the average watcher uh, but yeah that was I'm, I'm glad you liked it and um, did you want to dig into any of the the things that you think uh, didn't uh, quite live up to it or, or is it that this is like a just a well no I mean condition? I felt like yeah in terms of making the movie uh, it felt like it really needed to embrace kind of one or the other in terms of the horror or the drama like just right. the family drama side and yeah. I like they were trying to hold um, that together in a way that wasn't try quite letting it uh, breathe um, and, and in more fully engage the family drama versus, you know, the actual horror that they, it's kind of a ghost story. Right. Uh, with the grandmother haunting. Um, and I think that that could have, you know, if they'd gone that direction and just allowing for more subtext around all of that, uh, but they they bring it in more with the drama around. Mm -hmm. It is traumatic, and I am going to engage this, but it does allow for, because of the horror elements, again, the fact that she was, and, uh, sorry, spoiler, but, you know, literally dragged underground. Right. Uh, and then was in this space, like this Lynchian kind of dream space where she was able to confront the grandmother underground and then came back up, um, resurrected, transformed in a way. So very powerful. But again, you know, I don't know that it totally works yeah. as a whole with the film, but I really appreciated it. Yeah. It felt a little bit like you didn't have a moment to breathe and there was a lot crammed in there. Cause even just in addition to all the other family trauma, the mother herself has a kind of like, um, and I forget what the word for this is, the uh, kind of like fear of electricity yeah, or yeah. kind of like that. And so they lived a rather kind of Luddite existence in terms of like no technology. They're basically bee farmers or farming honey um, and things like that. And but, um, but yeah, in some sense, there's not a moment to breathe. It's a very quick film. Um, it's, a, it's a micro film because it's really just done on this one, it's one property, this mm -hmm. one kind of farm. And so it's interesting in that sense. But yeah, I, I, I think in a sense, like you, it really doesn't have a chance to really breathe and develop out those those themes that really could be done. Like the the main alternative character whom has a relationship with the mother, you know, the guy who kind of sells her honey, right? Like we yep. don't really know much about him. I still don't feel like I know much about him yep. at the end of the film, but he's like one of the main characters of this, of this story. He certainly is an interruption into their world. Right. Just by, uh, you know, suggesting that the daughter go to college or, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's very, I think, surprised when, uh, he's challenged when the mother challenges him on that right. anxiety and 
those kind of things. Also, I felt like, you know, I anticipated the bees being more important. Uh, you've seen Deborah Granick's film, Leave No Trace, which mm-hmm. is also about trauma. Uh, the bees are very prominent in terms of learning from uh, caring for the bees and, and what the bees mean. Um, and so I felt like that was kind of an existing potential subtext for what was happening and never mm-hmm. really went anywhere. In fact, the bees mm-hmm. were seen at one point being kind of vicious uh, in, in an image. And so it kind of, it was inverted, but anyways. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, there's a lot of great, um, films out there that are kind of covering this idea of like past trauma. And this one's just one to put in your, um, put on your radar, something to check out. Maybe you disagree with us. You'd like to drop us a line, let us know what you think. Um, one thing that I'll add that's actually a recent, just left theaters is this movie called fall. Um, and I would echo what Kyle was saying about Uma with this one. I'm not sure how well it gets all these themes that it tries to cover, but I think it, it takes a really good shot at it. And an interesting kind of way of dealing with um, trauma, grief, and forgiveness, because it's a story. It's a really simple story, just like Uma. It really only has like one set piece, um, which is this giant four, like 2,000, no, 4,000 foot tower or something like that. It's the... Uh, B-62 television tower. Um, And it it revolves around these two women, um, one of which who recently lost her husband in a climbing accident, and her friend who's kind of like a YouTube vlogger that does like extreme sports kind of things, um, who's coaxing her into going into and climbing this tower as a way of getting over her fear of climbing, you know, so she can get out there and live her life and, um, you know, scatter her husband's ashes at the top of this the fourth largest structure in the United States. And um, as, as things do, do happen in horror movies, something goes terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And it sends these two on a path of kind of like self-reflection, um, you know, journeying with one another, and also just uh, like exploring their shared grief over the loss of this person. There's a very interesting twist in this film that I don't want to spoil for anybody. Um, but fans of 47 Meters Down... Um, you would really like this film. Um, it's the same people that made that, made this. Um, and it's a really interesting plot. Like I said, I think that sometimes it, it doesn't, uh, it, like it, it goes into a little bit of the cheese factor or it, it can be a little cheap on some of the themes. Um, and it gets visceral at some points for, for no reason. But I still think the, uh, the journey of the main character going through the process of mourning her husband um, going through processes of forgiveness and things like that is, is actually uh, really great. You also get a random cameo from, I don't know why this is such a minor role for him, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays her dad, and he's only <laughs> in about like two scenes. Wow. So it's really interesting. I don't know if he's got the, the Bruce Willis contract where he films all of his scenes in one day or not. <laughs> but again, it's something to yeah. check out. Um, and another thing I, I mentioned I, I watched was the uh, last time was the More Fun Stuff version. Um, which I think is a great, it's the additional like uh, new version of the Spider-Man film. Um, check it out. I think it's good. It's got 11 extra minutes, but you can also kind of wait till that's streaming. But for those of you who are interested, the 11 minutes are a lot of fun. You get a lot more Spider-Man interaction. Um, and they really double down in the whole idea of like the two older Spider-Men helping and preventing the younger Spider-Men from having to um, regret and helping him heal by giving him a second chance that they didn't get which I think is a really powerful theme in that movie, whether they intended it to be or not, they're more explicit now in these 11 minutes, but mm. yeah. So anything and wh- else? Where, where did you uh, watch fall? I watched it at um, the uh, AMC in, in Columbus. It was like the last showing that it was available on. Oh, wow. Is it still at the gateway? 
Yeah, no, I never saw it at the Gateway, I don't believe. So. Yeah. Like it, it just left theaters, I, and I'm assuming it'll be streaming soon, but yep. it's, it's been out for a little bit. I've been very curious about it because I, I have a gross fear of heights, um, and yep. so I was just really curious about it, you know, and I liked 47 Meters Down, too. Which I haven't seen, yeah, to check that out. Yeah, and so it's, it, they're, they're good stuff, and so, yeah, check those things out. Uh, well, is there anything else you're watching that you want to share with the viewers, or are you uh, ready to dive yeah, into? No, uh, we can dive in because I think it will um, – uh, us being one to further explore in relationship to Nope, I think it's an interesting um, thing to potentially start with, uh, where Black Phone um, very much also applies this bigger conversation I think I'm uh, digging into, or have been digging into, watching these movies around transformation and how that plays out in some of these movies. So, yeah, we can go wherever you want. Yeah, well, the poignant, I think, thing for, for listeners, and if you haven't listened to our last podcast on the multiverse, um, I think there's a really interesting theme that we're starting to pick up on the podcast, a movement from uh, guilt to grief. Um, am, I, am I remembering that correctly? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. Well, I, I say it like every podcast, so I'm right, sure. Right, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully you're picking that up then. Yeah, um, yeah. And so uh, I, I think that a lot of this has to do with the films we're coming here soon. For, when, with that in mind, then, let's just start with Black Phone because that's, sure. that's a, I think, an interesting tell on that Um uh, what are your, I mean, it's a coming of age story couched in a horror film um, about a kid, right? And I love coming of age films like, you yeah, know, yeah. like Laggy, The Way, Way Back, which is a really early Steve Carell film where mm -hmm. he plays a jerk, which is really great. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of a funny story um, is are just like my favorite kind of coming of age films that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you're kind of reflecting on this film, like what stands out to you about uh, Black Phone? Well, one, I think this is, you know. Uh, from what I understand, Black Phone, the writer, is mm -hmm. goes under another name, but he's Stephen King's son. Right. Did you yeah. know this? Yeah. Yeah. And because I don't want to be wrong about that. Uh, but saying that, one, um, certainly feels like a Stephen King kind of story. Right. And that does relate to something like Stand By Me, uh, which is kind of, you know, horrific in its own way in their journey to find a dead body. Uh, which is just at least morbid, you know. Right, yeah. Um, and horrifying for them and horrifying for some of my kids who I showed to them when they were too young, probably. <laughs> um, but, <clears throat> yeah, so that said, I think, yeah, that there is, uh, and It, you know, It Part One yeah. uh, is a genuine horror film. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is obviously Stephen King as well. And Part One plays as basically Stand By Me with the, with the clown because – uh, in the book, they go back and forth from adulthood to childhood, but they split it up in the movies. Right, yeah. Um, and I, I highly preferred, actually, the, the part one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, anyways. Um, so, yeah, with Black Phone, I think the thing that was, uh, you know, a lot of people have uh, seemed to really be struggling with a number of things they feel like are underdeveloped in, in the story, which is probably fair. Mm -hmm. Um and and ex I think just expecting something different. And I would even say, you know, the uh, the villain Ethan Hawke character, who he's great. Yeah. Uh, but also feels a little underdeveloped uh, regarding. Um, he's obviously a kidnapper, but you never feel quite disturbed. I didn't at least feel disturbed enough by him because they didn't really give us enough uh, detail 
uh, regarding some of his actions mm-hmm. um, and how horrifying he actually is, apart from the kidnapping sequences. Yeah. Um, and his general kind of creepiness in the basement, you know, with the kid. What's the kid's name? Do you remember? Oh, uh, I'll get that while you're talking. Yep. And but uh, and being creepy, but he didn't feel kind of really uh, scary enough. But maybe I'm just desensitized. Yeah. Well, is- one of the things I thought was really interesting, um, like to your point, is that like it's almost as if the, the villain of this film is like the only one that actually doesn't shed blood. Um, his name's Finney. Yeah, Finney. So um, like you know, you've got his the friend who's really into martial arts who you mm-hmm. know beats up that. That's one of the first kids you see. Even Gwen, his sister you know, knocks that mm-hmm. kid over the head. Yeah. I mean, uh, Finney himself, very violent, right? You know, the father's violent, yep. you know, and, and all of this, the, the Ethan Hawke character doesn't really get any shots in, which is an interesting, it is interesting. I mean, yep. it's implied with the fact that he kills the other kids, but, um, but yeah, you don't really see it on camera to my knowledge, at least if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, they only show there's one or two scary moments of visions of the kids, uh, in the basement, but uh, yeah, you never see him. But they they describe right, mm-hmm. like if you go upstairs, he's going to punish you, and and he's sitting up there, and that looks kind of d- distorted. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, like it almost feels like again, like to in, enjoy the film, which I do, ultimately as like a neighborhood, uh, family oriented narrative. Uh, so it is trying to create this late seventies kind of Richard Linklater. Mm-hmm. Um, space where you know like days and confused where you know people are it's a different time you know mm-hmm. and uh there are different kinds of threats uh it feels like in 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 their life and and in their mm-hmm. space and what it mm-hmm. means to you know grow up uh and the family has an additional challenge obviously because right. the mother has passed away at some point and the mm-hmm. father has uh just kind of shut down and become an alcoholic and, and mm-hmm. become abusive mm-hmm. and Again, transmitting pain, you know, mm-hmm. not transforming it. There you go. Um, yeah. Yep. And so that's happening. And so the kids are kind of, again, to create this kidnapping, you know, uh, scenario uh, kind of out on their own anyways and, and having yeah. to take care of themselves um, in a whole host of ways. And so I like it from this, the standpoint of there's a lot of grit. There's a lot of, like, you know, we, we're going to survive. We're going to, like, you mm-hmm. know, figure this out together. Mm-hmm. And then you have their mystical side, which apparently comes from their mother, mm-hmm. uh, that has a very, given a very Christian context right, uh, yeah. regarding visions and uh, even his, Finney's ability to hear the phone, which the other kids were unable to hear. Right. Um, but he and uh, Ethan Hawke, the, the villain, are both able to hear that. So it has some supernatural, uh, mystical kinds of uh elements there right yeah very king-esque i, I love that yep. uh comparison you made between it and uh between this film and it yep um because there's a lot of connections between the mystical the grit as mm-hmm. you mentioned and, the, and just the the various childhood traumas that all of those children are experiencing because you know in this film let's just stick with this film i mean um and this is more of a question than a statement for me and because you know i i value your opinion here as the mental health expert um in the podcast this seems like and correct me if i'm wrong an allegory for for childhood trauma um that's what it feels like because there's mm-hmm. literal trauma obviously from the like yep. kidnapping and all this stuff but the the kind of the, the haunting aspect of the children who've experienced this that haunt him even as they're trying to help him um 
Yeah. Like that is a that I mean, if you're going into this movie looking for like a genuine true horror film, you might be a little disappointed. There's some jump scares, but it's really more of um, you know, like I said, a coming of age with some horror elements. But do you think that's a fair way of thinking of this film as like an allegory of childhood trauma? Yeah, in part for sure. And again, mm-hmm. like the way that they the expressiveness always again as a, a basement or the grave uh, ground in Uma um, right. or the train station in Us. Uh, certainly, uh, whatever crazy space they end up in at the end of it, confronting right, yeah. the clown, right? So all this is always, underground is always meant to be a kind of like, we're going down into hell, mm. right? Uh, and in hell is where we're going to confront some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we come back out of here, something will be different. And I think, so my favorite thing about it um, that was interesting, which is more about, you know, Finney's uh, coming of age and learning to... Uh, fight for himself, right? Um, and and uh, and and move cleverly, move uh, from one place to another, right? And so there's that kind of rite of passage thing happening for mm-hmm. him, which is another mm-hmm. underground, mm-hmm. whatever. But the dad uh, also goes through a transformation, although there's no visual uh, anything interesting for him. But when he finally comes around at the end. Um, after things have been, uh, you know, squared away um, between the, his son and daughter, he's actually asking for forgiveness, mm. right? He's saying mm-hmm. he's sorry and asking for forgiveness, which is still something missing in all the other narratives we've been talking about. Right. Um, that there's kindness and acceptance, and there's even some, you know, obviously healing moments uh, going on, which suggest forgiveness right uh but this one actively you know was i'm sorry please forgive me which is just not language you typically hear in movies mm-hmm. right now um so i thought that was in its own way powerful and i again love the family aspect of these movies crawl the alligator movie i bring up so often um was a father-daughter movie and while they're surviving they're also working out some family stuff right you yeah know, and there's some real reconciliation that goes on there yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, I think that, um, that, that in, a, in its own way was powerful. And I really liked the, the daughters kind of like being the mystical character with the visions, mm. piecing things together, um, and, and using, utilizing her gifting there and even, you know, uh, expressing frustration at Jesus very explicitly at one point. Um, but it seems like Jesus shows up and, That's right. um, <laughs> uh, so very, just a very interesting kind of context. And I thought, Again, you know, everybody's complaints about uh, this or that being undeveloped um, and underdeveloped or whatever. Uh, some of those are definitely legit. Uh, but I think at the second watch, I, I still enjoyed it primarily as the coming-of-age, family-oriented experience. I like the characters, and I identify yeah. with them. Yeah. yeah, and it's my understanding. It's ironic. Like, I actually have a student in one of my classes who's reading Black Phone, the book. And it's a series of short stories. And so my guess is that that's hard to translate a little bit into the film sure. um, piece. But no, I mean, I love what you said here that the, the, the main issue um, here is this kind of transformation. And I, I value that a lot because there's a lot of, there's a few movies. I mean, Uma is one of them. In a certain sense, the daughter and, and grandmother, you know, themselves are kind of going through this um uh, going through this cycle of free, like, you know, her seeing her mother and her pain mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, really seeing her, but then asking her to, you know, release, you know, like to let go, like, don't like, don't transmit. That's the point that, 
you mentioned earlier, but and here's that you get this forgiveness as well. I mean, there's another movie which I thought was really interesting is uh, Devil. It was an M. Night Shyamalan movie um, in an elevator. He didn't direct it, but he produced it. And that has a strong theme of forgiveness as well mm-hmm. um, because you've got these collection of people, just, again, a micro set. It's in an elevator. Um, yeah. And they're they're kind of going through their own traumas and griefs and, and wrongs that they've done. And, and the only the final survivor is the one who can ask for forgiveness for the things that they've done. And that's the one who gets to live, which I thought was interesting. And there's mm-hmm. this really, um, there's this powerful scene which overlaid by like one of the elevator operators talking about, you know, well, where there is the, the well, where there is the devil and his works, there is also mercy and goodness and God and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a powerful kind of um, thing. Forgiveness has always been something that has been one of the more appealing, I think, tropes in cinema or literature or anything that has always been something that's caused me great, like, um, I think. I don't know therapy in a certain sense yeah. like uh when i see it because it's i think such a powerful powerful um act absolutely um in a certain sense but yeah um favorite character for me though has to be the the sister gwen yeah absolutely <laughs> like she's, she's tough enough to like knock a kid upside the head with a rock um but like sweet enough to like you know pray and arrange this house like uh to, to her family members to try and seek out the the person of her so she's tough but but kind and yeah and, and determined kind of, yeah yeah and it's it's such an interesting thing uh there's also some interesting ideas about like space i'm always we we talked about like going underground going into hell um but like poltergeist and this idea of like like space is capturing the kind of um the horrors that are um enacted on people or witnessed in the, in the space like i really like that idea here because obviously the that basement is something that um the kids have themselves lived in and tried to work out like so there's all these different techniques that they're trying to teach him like that space bears a mark of their memory mm-hmm. in a certain kind of sense and i i love that idea just because i i'm such a big um proponent that's you know space is a a huge thing also in terms of trauma as well mm-hmm. and i mean as a mental health counselor you probably hear this too like the traumatic events of like go, returning to a place that has led absolutely to so much trauma absolutely yeah yeah. Well, is there um, is there anything else with Black Phone? I want to switch to Nope here in a second, but I don't want to yeah. like I don't want to do such a hard cut between them. Yeah. No, I think uh, Black Phone is not. I mean, I do think it's pretty simple, and it's not uh, not a ton to cover there. But again, uh, yeah. expressive in some some good ways and good characters, uh, especially Finney and his sister, mm-hmm. um, and, and an interesting resolution and some transformation happening there. So I like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the um, the thing I love about movies that have like simple plots, simple sets is maybe, maybe I'm just like, as I'm getting older, my mind can't deal with complexity as much as it used to mm-hmm. be able to. But I, I kind of like the, the movies that try and focus uh, on like, like simple places and, and like simple characters that even though they have complex like mantras and things like that you've only got like a couple people that you're trying to work through that's why i love mad max fury road so much it's really just the story of a car chase Mm -hmm. uh, if we think about it but yeah absolutely slightly different as is nope um still comes out roughly in the same time as around black phone horror genre this is a jordan peele film um i think it's technically his fourth because uh, you include Candyman in there um, as well. That he which, produced, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, I, I did, did you end up watching Candyman? I have not. Okay, it's um, it's very interesting because I watched the original way back when, traumatized me, and this one is a kind of a uh, sequel 
that also re-narrates the entire series, um, I thought, in a really interesting, around the scene of lynching, um, which, again, a part of Jordan Peele's, I think, um, theological, philosophical commitments are commitments to giving um, expression to um, African-American and uh, colonization experiences of, of um, psychic space mm-hmm. for, uh, for people. Um, Get Out was, I think, still one of my favorite films that does that. The idea of like the uh, the colonized subject is one with a normally like a a more of a uh, white brain inside. Like that's what they want out of um, black people. That's the the point that I think that this this uh, his like commentary on race is trying to do there. But all of his films have some sort of brilliance connected to it. Nope, I think is the newest instantiation of that. But this time using UFO alien imagery as the horror element for this. But what are your thoughts kind of on Nope? <laughs> yeah, well, I think <clears throat> um, Nope and Us together, uh, one, they both begin with uh, scripture from the Old Testament, Yep. Uh, from Old Testament prophets, and they are not, uh, they are not the kind uh, scriptures at all. And so, <laughs> yeah. um, so it's interesting because uh, I, I enjoy, certainly enjoy the movie experience and contending with the number of layers and ideas that are, are happening, mm-hmm. in, especially in these recent two. Um, but at the same time, it feels like, one, he is uh, uh, certainly coming from an Old Testament kind of perspective where, mm-hmm. like, he's he himself, you know, I mean, every filmmaker is playing God in, in one sense or creating a universe, uh, right? And so I think there's some judgment being mm-hmm. uh, exacted, or if that's the right word, uh, happening here in both Nope and Us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But Nope is, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to um, say about it as a whole necessarily, but it's got some, it's much more, uh, it feels much more open, mm-hmm. of course, uh, being its, its context. Um, and I don't know, and the alien, the whole alien thing is super interesting to kind mm-hmm. of take on that um, in relationship to other alien movie, UFO movies in particular, but Annihilation has come back up a number of times. Right. One, because with us, uh, has a very similar ending in terms of like confronting yourself uh, and wrestling uh, mm-hmm. with that um, and, and coming out, you know, like destroying uh, th- that part of yourself, right? The shadow self, maybe, mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but with us, um, it continues to feel the judgment from Jeremiah is reinforced uh, on the ambulance, which ne- normally would be like a, a you know, subtext for an ambulance is just salvation, right? right? Uh, and they're in the ambulance and they're driving away post, you know, coming back up from underground. Uh, but then uh, it's Jeremiah eleven eleven which is referenced throughout the movie. Um, but there's 11-11 uh, on top of the ambulance oh, wow, as yeah. you're driving away that I only noticed this time. Oh, sorry, I didn't notice it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right? great. That's um, great. Well, I don't know. So, because uh, then it, it, you know, I'm not sure what's being reinforced there at that point because uh, he's obviously bringing judgment back into uh, the very ending sequence, which they end on the Hands Across America uh, tethered mm-hmm. uh thing after the tethered have basically committed suicide on, or genocide on their um, counterparts. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's pretty like, I, you know, it's pretty dark yeah. and judgmental um, ending. And Nope uh, isn't so much that in the end, it doesn't feel like, but certainly the alien ship 
uh, as the Nahum scripture right. suggests, you know, unloads uh, filth and whatever else is in that scripture that says will be wrought on you. Yeah. Uh, the alien certainly brings uh, and drops on the people there uh, or on our, our characters. So I really like uh, the brother and sister. But yeah. anyways, jump in. I'm rambling now. I no, think. no, yeah. I, I love it. I, I, uh, I love the, um, the movies that weave together something with a, like a trope that it even ends on or he hides it in. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot of, I mean, Easter eggs in a certain sense. Like, I mean, I love Easter eggs, but this is something entirely different yep. that I love um, in that. But yeah, I mean, this film was really interesting because there's also the theme of like entertainment throughout it. You know, it starts out with this yep. very confusing scene that you really only kind of hear. Um, you don't actually witness it and you kind of learn more about what happened and i forget the name of the show that's in this uh that they're showing gordy's something yeah that's right gordy's Gord- house gordy's house yeah or yep. something like that because gordy's the i think he's this chimpanzee, uh, chimpanzee, yep. chimpanzee and it has this very kind of like 80s sitcom feel um like alf you would hear or um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or uh, full house yeah full house yeah and you would have this and so gordy is kind of a member of the family and it's uh the episode is gordy's um birthday and and um something sets off Gordy yeah, the a balloon the, pops. Yeah. Yeah. Balloon pops. It sends off the chimpanzee and he kind of goes on this like violent spree where he, you know, I think harms or at least kills one member of the family and then really just grossly uh, like maims another. Um, and so it's kind of following one of the stars from that show. Who's now opened up a new, um, uh, a new place. in I think uh, Jordan's uh, is it Jordan's uh, no uh, Jupiter's claim. Sorry. Um, I have my notes here. Jupiter's claim, yep. and it's this new spectacle. And so it, tell, it tells this really interesting story about how entertainment has become this um, this idea of a spectacle, right? And and in some sense, it's the the threat of like what the spectacle can do to those who are captured by it in a certain sense. So like the the chimpanzee represents, I think, the the growing like dissatisfaction with the ways that it's being portrayed going throughout because it's i mean it ends violently also for that chimpanzee um mm-hmm. but uh, there's this really great uh quote here uh from this uh, f- uh 1967 book uh, by a guy named uh, guy uh debord um it's called society of the spectacle and i i think of this with this film is like in a society where uh modern conditions of production prevail all of life presents itself an immense accumulation of spectacles. Everything that was directly lived has moved away into a repre- representation. So in a certain sense, like um, even with the spaceship, right? The, what, what we think of like a UFO is that sa- a flying saucer is that inside there are people like driving it like a spaceship. That's kind of been the main mm-hmm. way it's been represented. But this one's very different. Like the spaceship is actually a living creature. Um, and you have these different spectacles, even from the, um, the movie that they show about the first ever moving picture was uh, one of the ancestors of the uh, two main characters. And so there's all these different ways in which there's kind of like a capturing of individual experience into a spectacle that, um, you know, that now we're just, we're so transfixed with spectacles. And I, and this goes back to even like our conversation on mental health. I forget what movie we were talking about so much. So I think it was even the Joker. We're so captured yeah, yeah. by spectacles right now that really we we can't pay attention to one another anymore. We just have to make a spectacle out of ourselves and one another um, that really prevents us from being able to really fully engage with each other's grief and trauma. Um, and it transmits, to go back to our yeah, theme, yeah, yeah. it transmits the pain 
um, across generations because they're those who still have to bear it, yeah. which is represented here by the chimp um, in a certain way. Um, but yeah, this is, I mean, I love that you can't opt out of that. That's basically the theme that they're getting at here. You can't opt out of the spectacle. You just have to endure it and try and work your way through it. And that's what they're trying to do by, mm -hmm. uh, in some sense, they're trying to like, they're almost repeating it by trying to get that perfect shot. Um, because yeah, I'm, absolutely. I mean, I think that's part of the, the judgment yeah. is on that. Yeah. Our, our desperation to, to capture, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and be captured, um, in, in those ways, because that's what, um, uh, seems like an ideal for, for, you know, form of who we are, who we're mm -hmm. supposed to be, mm -hmm. uh, what we're supposed to find and, and what we're supposed to put back out there. Mm -hmm. Um, all of it, but in a way, yeah, it's, um, it's judging its audience for showing up and watching the spectacle about spectacle. I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. super interesting, uh, layered and, and again, judgment, um, may not be particularly the right word there, although the Nahum, uh, scripture is very vivid. Um, I believe, but still, um, but st he's still challenging the audience, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how we relate to images, mm -hmm. um, and, and what that, and asking, yeah, what's that doing to us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, that's such a great, um, that's such a great summary because I think that that's the, the overall theme is that you see, like, for example, even in the the main filmmaker who himself like he comes on to because they can't capture a picture of this flying saucer because that is a way of messing with technology and so they hire this like old kind of director to um use like an old school kind of crank film mm -hmm. to capture the the shot but like instead of running right and there's some there's some wisdom literature in here too like a, a fool uh, cries in the street, uh, a lion, I will perish, you know, which is the whole idea of Proverbs there is that like, and you know, only a, a dumb person wouldn't run from a lion and instead would just say, oh, woe is me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so in some sense you see that here, like fully inside of the idea of the spectacle is this preference, uh, for you know dying to get the perfect shot because it's more important and tmz does that earlier right yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 absolutely that's right i forgot about that yeah, yeah. that's right that's right that's perfect um and you, i mean you even see it with um the jupiter's claim um where all of those uh crowd you know those in attendance themselves mm -hmm. um there to enjoy the spectacle the spectacle then turns on them because i don't think the spectacle can ever honor any of our experiences it's only ever interested in its own kind of like uh, assimilation of us into it, um, which you see quite graphically in the kind of beaming up of these people mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a certain sense. It's a yep. fascinating uh, film in that regard, um, just in terms of the, what it tries to tries to do there. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, um, yeah. So uh, in terms of these these themes, is there anything like? I mean, you're obviously in a couple different. Um, like films here from Jordan Peele, the comparison, is there any more of this kind of connection that you see across us maybe in this, this film? Uh, well, again, I mean, I think his, it feels like Jordan Peele's entire, uh, I mean, what he's going for isn't transformation is more of a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be challenged, I think. So it feels like it's not necessarily for everybody because it doesn't, it doesn't bring even with a lot of his influences and with no, I think Spielberg is, is certainly one. Um, that it's not he's not willing to give you uh even in us which does have the the typical visual expression of transformation mm -hmm. uh what that transformation actually is um and in nope it's 
you know, somewhat nice because uh, just the brother and sister, OJ and his sister, uh, surviving that mm-hmm. situation is basically how the film ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something like, you know, like at least between them and that they have survived that as their ranch has become its own version of hell, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, uh, but you don't get that typical, again, coming of age or rite of passage kind of thing. It's more of a survival horror. Right, yeah. Um, uh, like The Thing. Uh, or mm. body snatchers, right? Uh, or annihilation, um, in in all of that. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, I enjoy the experience. I think um, once I actually feel like I understand it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. With it, with his movies, and they are very interesting. I mean, you can go online and see a lot of different conversations about them. Yeah. Um, and what they, what the the political layers are, and um, all that. But I think he. Uh, isn't as interested in the spiritual subtext. Um, and I think there's a lot that could, you know, uh, adding that in there that could also lift up a number of things to inspire us, not just challenges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his films, I think specifically, like they try and tell a certain kind of story about a, a racial legacy, um, especially with slavery and things like that. The colonization of psychic space seems to be the language they're developing and get out. And this one, and this is just interesting because, I mean, if you, real, if you read any slave narratives, for example, that go from capture to, um, you know, liberation, um, the way they talked about the arrival of the slave ships, you know, in Africa um, is as if it is a UFO. And that final scene where the alien kind of opens up uh, it yep. looks a lot like a like an old kind of like sailing ship mm. in the sky, and I thought that was an interesting kind of callback to that experience because you know they're also being you know taken up into the ship and and transported you know who knows where, um, and I thought that was an interesting kind of metaphor. And for them, like I love the the house as well because there's a certain sense in which it's like their soil, it's their history, um, and and like they're not fighting to defend it in like a traditional sense. You know, they're not setting up like barricades like in signs, for example which is another alien film yeah, yeah. and with a farm but they're they're trying to um, um, in a certain sense uh, redeem it it seems like um, you know and and I love the idea of like the uh, the OJ who's the main character he um, he feels like this kind of western hero at the end where mm-hmm. he's kind of on the horse running mm-hmm. away and the, the music fits there perfectly um, yeah I, I forgot completely about that TMZ report you're absolutely mm-hmm. right he kind of meets a very unfortunate end right there um, as a result of uh, the show, so kind of random too, um, for him to show up at that time. But you know, again, it's it's all about entertainment and the spectacle, like you said. So it doesn't really, it does really connect with that. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. pretty great. But yeah, it's it's a fascinating piece, and I, I would highly recommend reading that Society of the Spectacle if this is a movie that um, you really enjoyed. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Hitchcock's Rear Window uh, is another layer of uh, mm-hmm. challenging voyeurism. You're watching through a camera a guy watched through a camera uh the different screens across the uh across the way yeah um and it's a great movie it has its own implications as well yeah yeah some season and some in some sense i think our next podcast should be about hitchcock because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's set up the hitchcock tober um yeah absolutely and then also let's do know, it i think we should but, but uh, i will say about jordan peele uh while uh spiritually uh lacking in some ways uh, at the same time, I don't think sometimes I go on and on about cynicism or, or nihilism. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and certainly it's not a nihilistic universe that he's creating. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, just a suggestion of scripture, Old Testament scripture and judgment uh, suggests something moral, mm. suggests something uh, good and, and evil in the kind of doppelgangers in us mm. um, in particular, right? Um, and that there is, you know, something uh, going on and it's not, uh, some of it may be cynical at worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't always, I'm not sure what always is hopeful um, about those narratives, but yeah. certainly uh, he's not just saying nothing matters and everything is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, you know, uh, wrestling with a number of, of issues uh, even if sometimes they can be, you know, working from stereotypes and in, in in ways that um, aren't de- don't develop character wise uh, and give us something more to hold on to, but they're also you know just fascinating. Like again, Twilight yeah. Zone, other mm-hmm. things he references uh, and enjoys the plot twist. Oh yeah, um, of those. To that. Yeah. But sometimes I feel at a distance because it is there's so much plot happening mm-hmm. that you have to like again uh, navigate that post uh post watch mm-hmm. um but it is what it is and he definitely has a distinct voice um, yeah. at this point yeah it's funny i'm hearing you say that and I'm, I'm making connections now just from hearing you talk like yeah it's not that nothing matters right because there's always these themes of like place family mm-hmm. um that always kind of reoccur through his films in different kind of interesting sure. ways. tradition i mean if you watch Candyman, that's what that's what that film is really about it's thinking about like um, experiences through the lens of um, those who've experienced lynching, right? But also families there, tradition is there, um, and telling of stories is there, you know, because it ends in that very provocative way where the original actor who played um, the Candyman says, mm-hmm. you know, um, tell, tell everyone, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really interesting kind of recapitulation of the story because originally Candyman was a very – it was just kind of a horror kind of film, but this one goes back and transforms that in light of kind of recent um, unrest in our kind of world. And, um, you know, specifically the, the, I, the trope that goes through this is the Say My Name piece, which, you know, connects to um, the George Floyd um, uh, protests and things from earlier in 2020. And so, again, it's, he's, he has an interesting voice and he has something to say and he's presenting a challenge. Um, and... You know, but it's 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 still embedded within these certain traditions and families that he's wanting to mm-hmm. like elevate in a certain sense with that. Absolutely. But yeah. Well, is there anything else between these two films that you want to um, leave up for our, or, or uh, lift up for our audience, or our listeners there? No, I don't think so. I think that covers my notes at this point. Yeah. Well, Scribble these are notes. two great films um, that I would check out you know there every film kind of has its weakness because i you know there's no um perfect story out there and so we have to uh always you know take these things with an idea of like we're sharing and in participating in this telling of these stories in a certain sense um but yeah that'll about do it for us um as i as we just figured out in the podcast uh next time we'll come back with hitchocktober uh and we'll uh we'll cover some hitchcock um films uh for you and kind of set up maybe what's going down at the gateway if you're local and you'd like to see some of these films i bet you can see them here uh coming up right. next month but if you'd like to help the podcast uh, the best way to do that is leave a review um, or just connect with us on twitter um i'm at duke 13 theo kyle is at cinema 1978 you can see our arthouse road show uh, both on instagram and twitter at arthouse road 
Um, but uh, we'd love to see hear what you think. Um, did we miss anything? Do you have any questions that we can follow up on? That's right. Just hit us up at any time. You can also, uh, I, one of my favorite uh, things to look at on the internet, and I, I probably, you don't feel this way, Kyle, but it's the... Uh, the letterbox, uh, like Kyle writes, yep. he does us a great service by offering as many reviews. Both he and his uh, son mm-hmm. have some really great reviews on there. So check out our our, uh, our Twitter page, and you can see those reviews highlighted there. But we're grateful that you're here. We look forward to seeing you next time. We hope you're well, be safe, and we'll see you next time here on the Our House Road Show. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Road Show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>